You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the show that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P.weebly.com. Enjoy the show! Okay, so before I get into our first topic of today's episode, I do want to clarify that I believe the music I'm adding to the episodes will be playable if you are in the Anchor app. If you don't have Anchor, it's a free app that you can download for all episodes of 17 Karat K-Pop. If it's in another app due to copyright restrictions, the music probably will be skipped over, so it'll just be the podcast version of these episodes and not the full radio show. So if you want the music added... Go to Anchor. If not, if you don't care, you can find 17 Karat K-Pop on Spotify, YouTube, Overcast, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Google Podcasts, etc., 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 and continues to be added to more uh, platforms as well, which is really exciting. And if you're ever having a hard time finding 17 Karat K-Pop, make sure you add the hyphen between K and pop. That might be the issue, and it's 17 as in the number 17, not the word. So just a PSA there. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, how artists are coping really with this coronavirus affecting the industry. And I'll explain why I wanted to talk about this even more than I have before after I talk about it. So um, one of the major issues that comes that there are two main categories of issues I see in how the music industry and the people in it are being affected by this coronavirus. So the first is financial and the other is mental and emotional. So when it comes to finances, there are obvious reasons. You know, merch orders are, you know, production is stalled on merch orders and in general concert merch is not being sold because concert tours are being canceled. You have, you know, music video filming that is not being done. So you have props and costumes for those videos that are being rented or put in storage right now and that costs fees as well. You have in general all these people on your team like publicists and whatnot and stylists who need to still get paid um, or maybe they're not getting paid. It's tricky because PR is really a month-to-month income basis job so you kind of have like a set pay check for that month based on your schedule that month and the artist schedule that month and all that is really upended right now. You have, obviously, uh, festival cancellations, um, some even going into June now, unfortunately. Even some Pride events have already been canceled, which is really disappointing to hear. There are, in general, you know, there's this sense of brand value tanking because stocks are tanking for all these companies. Um, So if you're not an independent artist, you're still uh, getting financially disrupted by this, but also if you are independent, obviously, it it really is expensive to produce and create an album release. One of the many reasons why you need to show support for the B-sides on albums, because it really does take a lot of effort and money to release more than one track. So whenever, even if there's only one B-side on a release, show it some love, because it took a lot of effort to get that out into the world. So anyway... So there's there are all those fees that are out the window now. There's um, in general a lot of stress for independent artists because they're all they're already used to doing all their booking for events without their own manager. Um, so they are basically you know their own treasurer in a sense, handling all the finances of and being their own PR person. So that that's extra difficult because now they're canceling all this stuff. There are, I mean, the list goes on and on about 
payment complications, you know, because like some artists are paid way before a festival appearance, at least part of the 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 pay that they would be getting for performing, they get like an advance fraction of that pay sometimes, and uh, you know, do they get do they keep that to like help the artists stay afloat financially, or do they give that back to the festival because the festivals need money right now? And obviously all the workers that go into every show, you have, you know, people with hair and makeup and costumes and dancers and uh, opening acts and managers and camera people and filmers and <laughs> videographers, whatever filmers is the right word, but um, you, it, ushers and janitors, everyone that that is involved in any sh concert is obviously very affected by this, especially as we're entering spring and summer months, which is concert busy time. So it's really big. Obviously, then there's also the sense of that we've talked about before on previous episodes where fan events like High Touches and other K-pop fan events that help create this sense of a relationship with the artists you support that makes you more likely to stay a fan longer. Those types of events are not happening. So rookie groups are not getting that bonding experience that really helps keep fans and in general in terms of how managers might view this um keeps money away from going towards those rookie groups and supporting their work um obviously you know the whole nightlife where uh, artists would make cameos that's kind of out the window right now all sorts of cancellations a lot of visibility in general for Asian artists, like, they get special showcases at South by Southwest and Coachella, and the, obviously there's the Head in the Clouds Festival. All of those uh, opportunities for Asian representation in the Western music scene are kind of, they're, they're called off, and that, that's very disappointing. And in general, local academies are affected, because when you have a festival, it brings people to the area, especially with South by Southwest, that area the local, you know, restaurants and hotels and all of that would be, this would be like their busy season. And, you know, there are companies where you wonder how they stay open, like Christmas tree companies or things of that nature where it's so seasonal. You're like, how do they stay around all year? Well, it's because they just make so much money during a very specific part of the year that it makes up for all the money they aren't getting the rest of the year. So, so many people like will buy Christmas trees, for example, around Christmas, that it makes up for all the months where no one's buying them, you know what I mean? So, um, so this is the time where, it, you know, people might be going to local, maybe not necessarily South by Southwest, but where there are other music gigs and concerts that people are flying out to, they might go to local businesses that this is their time, one time of the year where they really get all the income they need to help them stay afloat during the slow months, and they aren't getting that. And so, that's huge. Obviously, in general, with Coachella, there's also the sense of exposure that you get from making a cameo on that stage, which the exposure can turn into money from people buying your music after they see you and hear about you. It's Coachella is really known for huge artist visibility, and it was estimated um, to have like $805 million in profit this year. $805 million out the window. And in general, the music industry could lose up to $5 billion, according to Forbes, because of this whole thing. Five billion. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around that. And so it's obviously a huge blow. And then you have, in general, I was thinking about how, so for example, so this K-pop artist named Holland, he's an independent artist. And so 
in general, his projects take longer to release because he doesn't have a company promoting them and he has to do all this stuff on his own. And that would like, like tasks, uh, scheduling tests and whatnot that would normally go to a manage, to a management company. Um, and, but he has all those responsibilities instead of someone else taking some of those off his shoulders. So it takes longer for him to get projects ready and get the money for them and all of that. And so, but anyway, so he, um, his, so the latest single he released, he actually was able to release after running into people at Coachella, I believe. And, uh, they, you know, they gave him the song idea and then it helped, you know, him get his vocals on and get the song produced and all of that. So it just got me thinking about how Coachella and places like that are really also marketing opportunities, almost like job fairs of sorts. They're the kind of environment where you can link up and like, you know, rub elbows with producers and songwriters from all over and people who might have song ideas for you or want to like get your number to schedule a future session to produce with you in the studio or songwrite with you, all of that stuff. So it's really a great place for artists to connect with other artists, which can help, you know, in the future with your song releases and with your team. And it's all about building connections, you know, and that networking is networking is huge to you know, raise up through the, get, you know, rise up through the ranks, um, no matter what career we're talking about, but in the music industry, that's true as well, so those opportunities are being taken away now, so obviously people can be still supplementing their income with, you know, live streaming shows and monetizing the live streams and, you know, still having people buy their music and putting it on Patreon and other things like that, but that element is still not there with, um, networking and I don't think it's the same as it is online when you know so I mean you could still network obviously with the help of the internet and you know have someone slide into your dms and say hey let's uh, meet up sometime but it's a lot more if to me it seems like it'd be a lot more concrete and more likely to happen if you really have that face-to-face connection and then agree to meet up then you're probably more likely to follow up on that but that's just my guess so There's all of that. And then obviously there's the emotional dilemmas of being an artist at this time. Um, So like during the Great Depression, people really, the movie theaters were popping. Like people loved going to movies because it was like viewed as a relatively cheap form of entertainment. And it was a nice escape to just spend a few hours at the movies. And so I wonder, you know, what that'll be like. Obviously people aren't going to the movies right now because it's closed, but... I wonder if it'll be kind of the same for music, where people need music more than ever, they need that escape more than ever, and so I wonder if that makes artists feel compelled to release music right now, but some also might worry about it being kind of insensitive, because while everyone is, you know, talking about, it's tricky, right, because people, you don't want to sound, you know, when people are talking about a tragedy online, it's very weird to randomly be like, okay, the sucks to suck, now buy my new music, but like, it's also good to get your mind off of whatever um, you're frustrated about and voicing your frustrations about. So it's weird. It's weird. There's not really a right answer of when to promote. And also, you know, especially for more under the radar artists, they need to promote music now more than ever because their, their chances for visibility at festivals and other shows as opening acts are, those chances aren't there right now. So they still need to get their name out there. Some how so they have extra pressure right now to start releasing music right now but you know but then it's they, then they're stuck thinking about well is this going to come across as insensitive right now now is not really the time and also then you can't promote it so if you release something now instead of waiting 
uh, you don't you can't go on talk shows about to talk about the show. You know, there are all sorts of roadblocks to promoting the music right now. So it, it's a weird situation, and there's no right answer, really, um, about if you should push back the release date or if no, now is the best time to release it. There's also the thought of how, you know, I think about a lot how a lot of artists are, you know, come forward talking about dealing with mental illness, anxiety, depression, things like that. Or other just general hardships because I feel like traumatic experiences are what make some people gravitate towards the arts in general as a form of expression and therapy. And so a lot of musicians struggle with those stuff. So in general, this time when we're all in quarantine and not having that, you know, human to human interaction and they aren't getting the chance to live their dreams on tours and stuff and all these dreams are put on pause right now. It's a time where everyone's anxious and nervous and all of that. So it's extra hard if you have anxiety or depression or something like that right now. So to, uh, you know, I want, I just, I'm sure it's taking a huge emotional toll on these artists. And so I just wonder what, the, you know, how it's like in quarantine to be an artist because maybe you're more creative than ever. And this is, now you need that musical therapy more than ever. Or maybe it's just really boring and you're not getting inspired because you're not out there living life and getting song inspiration because you're stuck at home. So I don't know how it's working. Um, and maybe there are a lot of behind the scenes songwriting still going on via, you know, instant messaging or something like that. But it's obviously not the same, especially when you're talking about music, which is about very personal topics, you know. So if you're releasing a song like about a heavy breakup you had that really just was such a blow to you, um, I'm personally, I would be way more likely to open up about that breakup if I was face to face with someone than if I was just like trying to convey uh, how emotional the breakup was via Instagram DMs or something like that but I don't know it's interesting and uh yeah so it's really a, a weird time t uh, how how artists in general and everyone that goes into creating these shows na is navigating this new normal and we will we'll see what the effect is of it but I do hope people keep that in mind that this and the reason oh, main reason I want to talk about this is because people do forget about everyone that goes into making these shows. So it's not just an artist like, oh, well, the artist can still make money because people are buying their music online or they can monetize streaming and all of that. But think about everyone else that goes into those shows, like I said, from janitors to ushers to, to costume designers, all of them. And so just think about these productions as a whole and make sure to show whatever gratitude you can to everyone that goes into making those shows happen because they're all gutted by this and so it's not just the artists and you know there are people who have less options you know you can't monetize um being a janitor on live stream you know some of them don't have that option so just keep everyone in mind and uh but you know I do want to bring up, out some mention some hopeful stories about things that people are doing to come together during this time not specifically related to the music industry although some of it is but there's a lot I want to get to with that, so, but first let's play a little more of the best of K-pop 2020 music. Time for some of my recommendations for what to watch, read, stream, etc. during your quarantine. So, first of all, podcasts that you ought to check out, and trust me, I, I was actually hesitant to get into the world of podcasts at first. I didn't get what the fuss was about, but once you find the ones that really interest you, you get hooked. So, keep that in mind. My first podcast recommendation is obviously 17 Karat K-Pop. 
if uh, someone's if you're having a hard time convincing someone to check it out, just say it's really a bit of everything. So if one episode isn't your thing, try another because I talk about all sorts of things. You know, if you're into economics and financial aspects of situations, if you're interested in sociology aspects, in history, in um, what else do I talk about? I mean, I talk about, you know, in general, in the music industry. I mean, there are all sorts of worlds that I talk about in just general celebrity gossip, all of that. So hopefully there's some episode and some aspect of some episode that someone can get really invested in. So uh, just something to think about. Obviously, I also have to promote some of uh, my favorite K-pop stars in their work. So K-pop Daybok, which is Eric Nam's show, they break down uh, basically some behind-the-scenes stories about the K-pop industry and how certain artists and songs uh, are, how Eric remembers those songs coming into being and those artists promoting those works and what he witnessed and all of that. And in general, his K-pop recommendations are there. Um, Tableau from Epic High has a fun podcast, which is really just about everything. It's, um, it's really, I mean, it ranges from talking about, like, Scientology to... Um, this weird thing he has on his desk and he still doesn't know what it is, or um, his daughter Haru talking about uh, the uh, end ga- end game and all. Of- it's just it's. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but more than that, but it's really just the most random fun thing. So anyway, he has a very unique sense of humor. So if you and if you kind of just want a taste of what his sense of humor is like, um, you should check out this episode. That's him and Eric Nam. Um, I believe that was uh, one of, I believe that was Eric Nam's show that he was on and not vice versa, but sorry, uh, for not completely remembering that. Um, then, you know, Jamie's show, what would Jamie do is an advice show where you actually can send her, um, questions through the Dive Studios site. If you want her to possibly answer your question on her show, you could check out Jay's Jay from Day 6, he has a show called How Did I Get Here, which is also kind of random, um, which talks about everything from love languages to um, inner monologues, and just, like, questions that make you think. Um, I would, I mean, like, I guess, yeah, deep stuff, but also, like, delivered, like, with Jay's signature delivery, so it sounds lighter than, than, like, you might stop and think, wow, that was deep, but when he's saying it, you're just thinking, like, oh, Jay... So anyway, um, I would also recommend Rolling Stone Music's podcast. Um, they have a special episode about the history of boy bands and they talk about BTS in there. And it's really interesting. And uh, other episodes as well where they talk about why certain artists are popular that made me think, oh, I get it more now. So like Billie Eilish, for example, they were talking about, I believe it was the best of 2019 recap of music. And it just made me realize the way they talked about her, like, oh, I could see what, what the big deal is and like what fans gravitate towards regarding her brand and her music and everything. So it's it's really kind of an interesting like psychological deep dive into why certain fans gravitate towards certain artists. So it's kind of some of the similar stuff we've talked about on the show. And I find it very interesting from the perspective of people who work for Rolling Stone and are have been invested in the industry for and have lived longer for than me and have more experience with that. Um, I would also recommend Reply All. It's a podcast about kind of this digital world that we live in now. So in Reply All, they basically go into a different story each episode, just like something 
that they want to uncover the origins of a certain internet topic. Um, there's one episode where they talk about what live streaming was like before live streaming. So um, people used to like film themselves and it was like Big Brother-esque just constant filming of their life that you could check out online at any hour of the day. Um, so like live streaming before YouTubers were really a thing. They talk in one episode about this guy heard this, uh, mo what sounds like a movie quote being spoken um, I forget where exactly, but he heard it randomly, like, in his house, and he was wondering, like, where this sound was coming from, and so they traced the origins of this sound way back to, like, the factories where they create those generic sound effects. That's really interesting. They have, they have episodes where they talk about, like, the origins of dating shows and things like that, um, and, like, the logic that was, that went into creating them. They talk about... Um, oh my gosh. I mean, every episode is really quite a trip. They have one where they talk about, um, I don't know if you remember, but last year the feral hogs concept was really big. Um, a big joke after that guy tweeted about like, so how do I handle like 40 to 50 feral hogs in my backyard? Um, they actually go into kind of the backstory of that. So I didn't realize like that's a real thing in the South. Feral hogs are real, like, and they come in huge packs and they're, they sound like, Oh my gosh, like, it's like the Loch Ness Monster shows up. I mean, it's really insane, and they're so hard to contain. So anyway, that was really fun to hear about. So if you're curious about the backstory of really a certain meme or Twitter reference or other online reference, Reply All has a real fun deep dive um, story that you can check out there. Um, every Usually every week they upload that. There are a lot of other... Um, you know, pop culture-esque uh, podcast I would recommend, but maybe I'll save those for another episode. So, um, all right, time for some more music before I get to some more recommendations. All right, some more recommendations for you. There's a lot to watch on YouTube, whether you know it or not yet. Um, obviously, probably if you're a huge K-pop fan like me, you probably already know about some of these accounts, but I'll just let you know anyway. Um, I would check out some videos that I would check out. I like Kville's work. Um, they they have big compilation videos of all sorts of K-pop music video clips. Um, you could also find a lot of other uh, K-pop specific um, accounts on YouTube that have, you know, compilations of music video moments you can look at. There's uh, Jimmy Fallon the other day posted like a compilation of the best moments of the BTS episode. So that's fun. Obviously rewatch their carpool karaoke because that's just really fun. Um, especially if you're a, a big Jimin stan because we are we are thriving right now. I would also check out some accounts just are really like it'll be fun. You should check out what I do is I look up I search like the band name and then a movie and sometimes there are wild edits like I'll search like and like I searched NCT Victorious and there's like a Victorious theme song like the Victorious theme song edited with like NCT uh, a montage of NCT moments like things like that or I think there's one for um Yu-Gi-Oh and Bam Bam from GOT7 and it's like the sweet life of Zack and Cody but it's the sweet life of Yu-Gi-Oh and Bam Bam like edits like that are really fun there's one that's like NCT in the whole trailer for the Mean Girls movie that's pretty iconic and there are others too a lot of I, yeah, I think more than anything, I've seen high school musical edits and Mean Girls trailer edits with, like, different K-pop groups. So that's just, those are really fun, and it's just wild to me. I, I don't know how much time goes into those videos, but it's a lot, so show them some love. Um, I would also check out the Bang Tang House videos. Um, those are just funny, goofy ones with, like, the BTS dolls. Um, 
interacting. Um, there are a lot of fun ones online. You could fall down a deep hole of these, trust me. Um, obviously, there are meme compilations you gotta check out. A lot of K-pop memes out there um, that even the locals use, whether they know it's a special K-pop meme or not. Um, I would recommend a few of my favorite channels. So, um, this, I, what, how I pronounce this one is do, do my God, but it's, you know, probably Dio my God, like, um, Dio from XO. Anyway, so that account is really fun, has a lot of fun, um, wild music video edits, uh, XO music video edits, and also a few Blackpink and Shiny ones. Um, I believe there are a few Red Velvet ones as well. Um, there are also similar dubbed goofy videos from Cameron Phillip. He also has just a variety, so his is just fun for, like, both a lot of K-pop content and goofy mashups, but also just in general commentary and just really, really good, really good entertaining, unpredictable posts that are very constant. So I would subscribe to Cameron Phillip. Um, he's also a singer and he does some remixes of K-pop songs and adds his own raps. The latest, I believe, was for BTS's On and he added his own lyrics. So um, some of those you can check out on Spotify. And uh, he also has his original albums on there as well, so check that out. Um, I would say, well, I was going to recommend a specific song from the album, but I can't pick, so just check it all out. Um, anyway, so uh, I would also, yeah, Don't My God, Cameron Phillip. Um, I would also recommend, I, I, always, I always learn to pronounce his name and then forget. But rain, it's like Reindeer, but not. So it's like Rainer. Anyway, he has a cool channel. A lot of cool DIY videos if you need to redo your room with your K-pop posters and other merch. Um, or in general, you just want like a reaction video that's fun. Um, you could check out his account for that. Um, there are probably more that will pop into my head that I'll recommend in the future, but that should be enough to get you laughing for a while. Um, also, this is unrelated to K-pop, but fascinating. If you have Netflix, you should check out Tiger King. Tiger King is um, based on a podcast that I listened to that is about this guy named Joe Exotic. It's a true story, and it is so wild. It is So it's a docuseries now, but it started out as a podcast about Joe Exotic, who basically is this tiger... Um, tiger owner, basically, he is running, like, a show where he owns tigers, and this woman, Carol, she also owns tigers, but, like, in a sanctuary, so, like, she's running a wildlife sanctuary and is trying to be the pro-PETA choice, I guess you could say, and he is really just about the money and, like, showing off these tigers, so anyway, it's this weird back and forth, and he basically tries to hire a hitman, um, to get, go after his enemy, Carol, who's, Carol's whole, uh, MO seems to be to, like, get hit, like, put an end to his business, and his MO is to get rid of her, and it's really intense, and then it turns into this whole murder-for-hire plot, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's really wild, the whole story, and just to, it really speaks to, like, internet culture, it, it's worst, honestly, because, like, he's always posting these videos online, um, like, threatening this woman, and it's wild, but also, um, she's not as innocent as it sounds either, so they all have, they have weird motives, and it's just fascinating, and, um, especially if you're kind of fascinated by human psychology and internet culture, it's some, it's really a wild story, it's so, you can't believe this is real, but it is kind of content, so I would recommend that, that stuff's really interesting, so. Alright, as for my music recommendations, uh, I'll, uh, deliver those after this. 
Here are my picks in no particular order. Like I said, it was too hard to decide that, but my picks for best of 2020 K-pop releases so far, um, the best album. So singles are not included in this list. So just, um, and also please know that it was hard to narrow it down to even just 11. So please don't criticize what I left out. I know there's so much that's already come out this year, as is the nature of the fast-moving K-pop industry. So just... Just uh, be nice. <laughs> so these are my favorite so far and the recommended songs that need some love. Um, obviously, the title track show, but also some B-sides, so I'll try to highlight a lot of those. So anyway, so um, number one for now um, is, I believe it's just pronounced finally, but with the number five, uh, finally by AB6. That is a very, I was very impressed by that one. AB6 has really been doing something, something unique. They've had this unique vibe since the beginning. So I really appreciate that, and I find that very cool. And uh, But this is really next level. The songs just really transition so well into each other. And so, as I've talked about before on this show, I really into albums with this smooth transitions between songs, and you can just listen to the whole album in one sitting. And it's really nice and short and sweet and continuous. It all flows really well. It's all got the same vibe. And they each get their chance to shine with a solo song. So it's also very cool. And if you watch all the music videos in order they have that kind of nice, cool transition to vibe-wise. So it's all, it all flows really well. And I, I just think it's a very, it's their best work so far. Uh, my favorite from that is Rose Scent Kiss. And number two, Kiss, which is the album by 12. It's spelled T-W-L-V, so 12 but no E's. And it is really, that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to like that as much. But again, it's another one where it's really smooth and it's easy listening and it's just very chill. Uh, my favorite from that is California. Uh, number three is, I believe it's just pronounced hashtag. It's just a hashtag symbol. That's Luna's new mini album. And my my favorite track from that, mm, maybe So What, but I don't know. It, it's really, it's all overall really good and they're just there's Luna. They're just it's very on brand and I love it. Number four, El Dorado, which is Ravi's new album. Ravi is very much an acquired taste. He's got very auto-tune techno sounding music. Um but if you like it, you like it. You know how some artists always release songs that kind of sound pretty similar in the same vein and aren't super ex outside of their uh, brand, I guess you could say. Um, that's him, so if you don't like his one song, maybe you're not, you don't want to check out more than that, honestly, but if you like one song, you like them all, so I personally like liked one, and then I got into it also. Um, that I really like. My favorite from that is either El Dorado or um, Rockstar or Doberman. Um, number five, I believe I'm on, is I Decide, which is Icon's latest EP. Um, that one, my favorite's probably Flower or Dive. Um, again, they're just Icon, very on brand, really awesome, really fun. Um, number, whatever number I'm on, um, is AT's Action to Answer. Answer is my favorite from there, but Horizon is really dope too. Um, they're just, their usual selves, really fierce and in your face sound that I love. Um, Map of the Soul 7, obviously BTS's album, which adds songs from Map of the Soul Persona and new songs. That one, obviously my favorite has to be Weird Bulletproof Eternal, but make sure you have tissues ready if you want to listen to that. It's really emotional, especially if you've been a fan since the beginning. Um, but other, I mean, there's so many other favorites I have from that album. Obviously On, um, 
and then we'll filter because image and bias. Um, gosh, Moon is really good. I could go on and on. Um, All About Love, which is Mazda X's first all-English album and the first K-pop group to release an all-English album in a decade. Um, All About Love is really nice, easy listening, too. I could totally hear it, picture it being played on U.S. radio. Um, my favorite from that is probably Got My Number or She's the One or Middle of the Night. Uh, let's see what else. Everglow's Reminisce, their first EP, is really good, Done Done. And then my other favorite is No Lie. I would check that out. They are really fierce. I really love Everglow. Let's see. Oh, Hash Swan. Hash Swan, um, I wasn't really a huge fan of, but I listened to the song called Teenage in Closet, and it was really just such a vibe. And he has that unique sound throughout the whole album. So that's another album where you can just play and it all flows well. And it's just a really unique vibe I can't describe. So just check out that. It's called Silence of the R.E.M. So, uh, and my la lastly, I believe, is um, Neozone, obviously, from NCT127. Kick It is just everything. Um, side note that only N citizens will understand. Isn't it wild how, like, Taeyeon, like, went from kicking us in the face, literally, like, kicking the camera in, I believe, Fire Truck or Boss? I mean, there's a, there, there's at least one other video where he kicked us, and now he, literally, there's Kick It, and he's kicking us again. It's just, like, like, the, the continuity, we love to see it. So anyway, so I would check out um, that as for Dreams Come True is really great. Um, oh my gosh, Sit Down is really great. The Don't Make Me Tell You Again part is giving me life. Uh, obviously, Johnny and this whole comeback is giving me life. We love to see it. Yeah, so that's all good. So quick recap of the albums you ought to check out. Monster X, All About Love, BTS, Map of the Soul 7, AB6, Finally, uh, 12, Kiss, Hash Swan, Silence of the REM, Luna, Hashtag, Ravi, Eldorado, ATs, Action to Answer, NCT127, Neozone, Icon, I Decide, and Everglow with Reminisce. And I'll give more recommendations in the future. Uh, also, if you're for some reason, bored of K-pop, who are you? But also, I guess I'll give you some outside of K-pop recommendations. So tr at least 10% of what I listen to is not K-pop or C-pop or J-pop. So here's some general Western pop that um, I recommend from this year. So Selena Gomez's new album, Rare, I really like. And I was kind of surprised. I wasn't sure if I would because I wasn't a fan of some of the singles. Like, look at her now. Just not for me. But the album is just, it's, I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised. And my favorite is A Sweeter Place, or Ring probably, but A Sweeter Place with Kid Cudi, Chef's Kiss. Um, the Weekend's After Hours is really good. It's another vibe where you just put it on and listen to the whole thing and it makes sense. It's very cinematic, it's very The Weekend, very on brand, uh, very just good. And it's, it's up there. I'm not sure if it's better than Starboy yet. I need more time to sit with it to decide, but it's up there. And Starboy, we know, is a classic. So After Hours is a classic in the making as well. That one, maybe Snow Child is my favorite, but to be determined. Blinding Lights, obviously, is a bop, but uh, we'll, we'll see. It changes every day for me. And then Misanthropocene from Grimes is really really another trip. So if you need an escape, Grimes is your girl. As you know, if you listen to her, Art Angels uh, is still probably the best, to be honest, but Misanthropocene is really good, too. It's really, again, just experimental, and she's an independent artist, 
funds all of her own work. She has a billionaire boyfriend, but she funds all her own work, doesn't take his money. So I um, want to respect that, especially now. We've talked about independent artists needing extra help at this time. So if you want to support Grimes, I would highly recommend that. And it's just, it's very, it's so, it's just such a unique vibe that she's creating this unique world with her music to escape into. So I highly recommend checking that out. We appreciate Power is obviously the best, but as for like new releases, because we appreciate Power came out last year, um, and 4AM as well, but um, new release-wise from the album, like what what is we're hearing for the first time, probably Dark Side is the best, but I'll let uh, that be up to you. Um, You'll Miss Me When I'm Not Around is pretty great as well. Alright, and so uh, a few more updates I want to share, a few more recommendations after another song. Alright, my last roundup of recommendations for your quarantine entertainment. Um, if you are into, yeah, a lot of this will not be uh, K-pop related, but just in general, um, if you are into true crime, I would check out If I Did It. It's really interesting. What I would recommend, actually, is read If I Did It. If, you, if you're doing what I did, read If I Did It, which is the book that O.J. Simpson wrote. Read that, then... Um, watch like a documentary about um, about the O.J. Simpson trial or listen to the Confronting O.J. Simpson podcast and then reread if I did it. And so I first I read it and I was like, your persuasive language is uh, not totally convincing me, but you know, you're good at persuasion. And then after listening to the podcast and going back to the book, I'm like, wow, you're guilty. So it's, uh, it's really interesting how the different perspectives affect how you view that whole trial. So I found that very interesting. Um, if you want something lighter, um, comic-wise, I think Dilbert is the best for the moment, honestly. Just his, um, his just, like, delivery, I don't know. And I know it's weird to say that a, a cartoon character has delivery, but the, uh, the dryness, the, the look of I don't care on his face when he's, like, talk. I don't know, the, uh, the lack of emotion he looks like he has, but in the dry delivery to me, just, I don't know, I love it. Um, so whatever cartoon character speaks to you, read more on them. Um, obviously there are a lot of free webtoons you should check out. Um, if you want a newsletter with a lot of fun lawn reads and other fun ideas for what to do in quarantine, you should check out BuzzFeed's, uh, Quarantine Today newsletter. So every day you'll get the Quarantine Today update with ideas for that. Um, you can also check out I really like um, some books from Jessie Page. She has, like, activity books, basically. They're really good for, like, people with anxiety that want to, like, just... It's like a workbook of sorts, but it's also fun. It's got some coloring pages, some stickers, all of that. Um, so, yeah, activity books are really great for right now. Adult coloring books and that kind of stuff is really great and takes up a lot of time. Um, all sorts of newsletters you could follow. There's... Yeah, I could go on and on. Um... But there's just, there's there's a whole world of books out there, and if you uh, haven't found ones that really resonate with you, keep looking because they're out there. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would recommend. Um, so, there are a lot more recommendations I'll probably give in future episodes, but that'll be it for now. Um, there's also, a, what I recommend listening to is what I will be posting either when this episode goes live or... Uh, a day or two after, hopefully, not much longer than that. But there's another episode that's just a special surprise that I want to release, and if people are a big fan of it, maybe I'll release a similar episode for other songs and artists in the future. Who knows? But there is one um, 
one that episode that I basically have ready, and now that I realize that with the, the Anchor app I can do this, um, I'll release this episode at least on Anchor. Um, and maybe if you see it on another app like Spotify, it'll still be there, but not the music parts. But anyway, so I've kind of recorded like a live reading of some of the monologues from the BTS Blood, Sweat, and Tears era. So you'll get like the monologues along with the actual songs to get the whole story. So if I can get that audio content online, I will do that soon. Um, so just keep your ears out for that. Um... There's, there's so much I could say, a lot of fun, more fun, light stuff that I want to talk about in future episodes and episodes that I've planned for a while now that I didn't get around to yet, but I still will, even if it's remote delivery of those episodes too, but I will, yeah, stay tuned. And uh, if you really want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts, you can turn on YouTube notifications uh, etc. I think you, there's a way to turn on Spotify notifications as well. I don't think that's just for artists. It's probably for podcasts too. And uh, follow 17 Karat K-Pop on Twitter, Instagram, etc. And I will see you when I see you. I hope everyone's hanging in there, having a good day, um, as good as you can right now. Um, and hopefully this just adds some levity to your day, and we can uh, continue to do that in future episodes. So I will uh, see you soon, and Hang in there, everyone, and check out some distracting music today. Have a good one.